Mighty, 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 good God. Yes, we do. We serve a great God. We serve a strong God. Yes, Hallelujah. And we magnify his holy and precious name for he is a good God. Amen. And he is a good, good father. Yes, he is. If you have not tried him, know him for yourself. I promise you, he's the best daddy that you could ever have. Once again, happy Father's Day um, to all of the fathers. Happy Father's Day to all of the dads, all the grandfathers. Yes. Uncle, Father, figures, Godfathers, all of you. We so appreciate you and we honor you on this day. Take advantage of this day to be loved on, to be honored, to be uh, appreciated. Even though being a father is not just a once a year thing. It's an everyday, 24 hours a day, 365 day a year job. But it is so well worth it. I want to take this opportunity to tell my father, Mr. Willie Earl Swims, Happy Father's Day. I know you know him as Miss, Miss, Brother Swims, Mr. Swims, I know him as Poochie. Amen. That's what I call him, Poochie. I appreciate my father because I am the man that I am because of my father. Even though I'm 35 years old, got a wife and got kids, I still call my daddy. I still need his insight. I still need his wisdom. If something goes wrong with my car, that's the first person I'm called before I go to the shop. Amen. So I can know what to say and what not to believe when they start talking to me. I appreciate him um, so much because he has been an awesome example of a man. My father um, is a hard worker. He's been a hard worker all of his life. His work ethic has been absolutely amazing. And so I am the father. Um, he is what I he is what I ascribe to be as a father. He is what I I'm looking as the standard um, to be as a father and a husband. So happy birthday, happy Father's Day, Daddy. I love you so much. It could and would not wouldn't trade you for all the Lincoln MKSs in the world. Hey, Amen. You're so much better um, than just that. I love you so much. I cannot wait. Hey, Amen. Once this is over, so that I can be able to hug on you and love on you again. Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers. If you have not already, go ahead and share this tag daddy in this. Share this with your father um, so they can be encouraged um, by the word of the Lord. As always, I thank God for my media team and my worship team that's been holding out with me since March 22nd. We, they've been rolling with me week after week, and I so thank God for them and appreciate them um, in being willing vessels um, as we navigate through and the, doing these uncharted ter territories and doing what we have to do to make sure um, that the message of Jesus Christ goes forth and that we're still giving hope. Amen. Providing hope um, to those that may need him. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 15. Luke the 15th chapter, Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, um, verse 20, just one verse, Luke chapter 15 and verse 20. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation um, of the Bible. Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 20, Luke 15 and 20. And it reads as this, so he returned home to his father and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love, with compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Let me read that again. Such a marvelous story. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. I want to use for a subject this morning, a topic for this morning, the dad difference, the dad right. difference. Let's pray with me. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you uh, for being the epitome of a father, of a good father, of a caring father, a compassionate father, a loving father. Thank you, Father God, that you thought so kind of us to uh, provide us with 
fathers here on earth with us. Some may have already gone to heaven, but you gave us uncles, you gave us grandfathers, godfathers, playfathers, mentors, male mentors that have helped shape our lives, and we thank you for that, Father God. I ask and pray right now, Lord God, that you will uh, grant every father wisdom, insight, discernment, Father God, as they, as, they, as they desire to be the best father that they can be, the best godly father that they can be. I pray, oh God, that they will be encouraged and challenged by today's word. Be provoked, Lord God, to do better as fathers, to look for areas to be able to fine-tune and grow and be developed. We thank you right now, Father God, that we already have our minds ready, Lord God. We already have our hearts already set that whatever it is your word is calling us to do, we're going to do just that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. The dad difference. Ruth Graham um, shared an amazing testimony slash story at the homegoing service of her father, one of the greatest evangelists that have ever lived, Reverend Billy Graham. She shared that uh, there was a point in her life where there was a little bit, a tad bit of rebellion that was within her, that um, now she was moving towards her fourth marriage, and her kids were growing up, almost grown and gone, and she thought that now, at this point in her life, that she could be able to do what she wanted to do, when she wanted to do it, and how she wanted to do it. She told her parents, told her family, told her children about um, this marriage that she was getting ready to, um, that was getting ready to take place in her life. A young man that she had just had not known, had not known for that long that she was getting ready to join in holy matrimony with him. Her parents told her, Ruth, maybe you should just slow down just a little bit. Why don't you bring him to the house so that we can be able to meet him? You might be moving a little bit too quick in this relationship. Despite um, the warnings of her family, despite the wisdom of her parents, she went on and married the young man. Shortly after, maybe a month, maybe a month and a half, a month and a half into the marriage, she realized that she had made probably one of the biggest mistakes in her life. And she fled, fearing for her life. Fearing the man that she walked down the aisle with, hoping and praying that this would be the last, this would be the last go around, that this is the one that she would grow old with, realizing now that this is not the one that I don't even want to grow a day with. I got to get away from him. Ashamed at the decision that she had made, knowing that if I tell my parents, if I share with them what has transpired, what has happened, they're going to say, I told you so. I knew, I knew you, I told you you shouldn't have done that. That was, that was dumb of you to do that. That was stupid of you to do that. While she's on her way to her parents' house, questions are going through her head, she says, and she's just, she's anticipating the open rebuke that she's going to receive from her parents. She gets around the last bend to get to her father's house, and when she pulled up to the driveway, her father, late Reverend Billy Graham, who led countless lives to Christ, is standing in the driveway of his home with his arms wide open, embraces his daughter and tell her welcome home All right. didn't matter what she had did didn't matter what had happened didn't matter that she did not take the wisdom and the knowledge and the insight that had been provided for her all that mattered to her daddy at that point is that she was home that she was safe right. that she was in his arms what mattered to her at that moment was that hey my father is not concerned about my mistakes he's not concerned about my behaviors he's not concerned about any of those things i'm just glad that he's willing to embrace me in spite of my mistakes that i've done 
Fathers, I want to encourage you this morning because it may be some of you that may be in a situation similar to that right now that you have trained your child up. You have trained your sons and your daughters up in the word of God. You, you tried your best to live a godly life before them, but for some reason they have strayed away. They have taken a different route. They have went a different way that you did not approve of. Let me encourage you by saying this right here. Being a godly father does not exempt you from experiencing the disappointment of your child's bad decisions. Let me say it again right there. Some father needs to hear this. I know I know mothers can be able to attest to it as well, but it's our day today, ladies, let us be able to have this. Fathers, I want you to go and be on this. Being a godly father does not exempt you. You don't get a go-free call. You don't get a go-away card from experiencing the disappointments of your children's bad decisions. I know you have done everything that you could do. You have prayed and cried. You have labored in prayer. You have given the best direction and wisdom and insight that you could but for some reason they have gone a different way now by them by you experiencing the disappointment of their bad decisions does not mean that you're a bad father it does not mean that you have not done your job as a father it simply means that something within them thought that their wisdom was greater than your wisdom something in them thought that their insight was better than your insight and they desire to go away to do their own thing Fathers, be encouraged today. I know, I know you may you may have a child now. You may have a son now. You may have a daughter now. You may have children now, a cluster of them that may be going through some experiences like this in their life. And the last thing the enemy, the, the one the one things that the enemy wants to do is that he wants to introduce guilt into your life and call you to go down memory lane and say, babe, maybe if I had did this, maybe if I had showed up to that soccer game, maybe if I had been present in this area, maybe they would not have taken this route. Please. Take the shame and the guilt off of yourself. They made decisions based off what they wanted to do. I want to help you to realize it's not, it's not, it, is not, it is not a loss. It is not a point taken off of your parenting. It's not a point taken off of your fatherhood. It's simply them doing what they wanted to do. But here it is. God is so wise. God is so good. God is so kind. But in every circumstance in life, he allows a window of opportunity to open that we can be able to learn and glean from. Even when your children make disappointing decisions in their life that you're having to feel the disappointment of, even in that, God wants to use it as a vehicle to be able to teach you how you can yet make a difference in your child's life, even when they make a mistake. God wants to be able to use this as an opportunity to teach you how to make the dad difference in your child's life when they have gone and strayed away and did what they wanted to do because they thought their life for them will be better than what you had desired and planned for them. I know, I know, I know. Some of you, some may be saying right now, well, Pastor, I realize, I know I'm reaping what I'm sowing because I did the same thing to my parents. Not necessarily so. You realize, you realize what you may have done, and it may be a part of it. It may not be, but some things just happen. Sometimes life just happens to us, and there's nothing that we can do to be able to describe why or to give details of why it happened. It just happened. But here, 
in our story in Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter 15. This is a familiar passage of scripture. You all learned it over in Sunday School 201 as you was matriculating during Sunday School. You learned about the parable of the lost son. You know this story. We know this story. We, we hear it all the time. We talk about it all the time. But I want to be able to share it from the perspective of the father. We look at the son that was lost and the son finds his way. He comes back home. The story starts off that there was the father that had two sons. I mean, they're living. They're living pretty good. They're living pretty good. They got, they got everything set up for them pretty good. Everything is going well. Not just set up as far as, as, as an insurance policy that when the father dies, they will have something to be able to inherit. But while they are alive, they are living their best lives. They don't have to worry about the lights getting turned off. They don't have to worry about paying their own car. No, they didn't have cars. They might have had a horse or something like that. But they didn't have to worry about their horse needing water. Someone was there to be able to take care of the horse. They didn't have to worry about making their beds. They had servants that could be able to make their beds for them. They had everything going for them. But one day, the youngest son said to himself, he said, you know what, Daddy? I think it's to my advantage that you go ahead and give me my inheritance now so that I can be able to go and live my best life. It's right there in the Bible. He says, I think it's best for you. I think it's best for you and I that we go ahead and just part the rays right here. I got some things I want to do. I, I, I feel like you're crowding me out. You're not allowing me to really grow the way that I want to grow. I want to be able to live life in a different way. And the only way for me to be able to do that at your expense is for you to give me my inheritance right now. And let me go out and live my best life real quick. The father, notice in the story, he does not argue with his son knowing that me giving my son his inheritance right now is premature. It's a bad move to be able to make. We have to understand during this time in the culture and the society of this time, most time the inheritance was land. It was a her it, it, it was land. It was a family heritage that was passed down from each each generation each to, to the next generation lamb was passed down it was worth something so what he did was he took the value of the land and cashed it in for some money so that he could be able to experience his best life right then I can only imagine the father knowing in his head, man, this is the dumbest thing that I'm about to do. This is the crazy thing that I'm about to do. This brother has no idea what he is right, doing. Right. He has no idea he's going to ruin his life. He can't even budget his checkbook, and he wants his full inheritance right, right, right now. There is no way. He keeps going in the negative on his debit card, and I cleaned up every month. There's no way he can be able to handle all of his inheritance right now. But, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to work this out, but I'm going to release him and give it to him because here's the thing here is what the son was saying to his father it is better to me that you were dead because he said I want my inheritance right now and you didn't get the inheritance until the father was dead so he's saying you're no good to me alive I want you dead right now so that I can be able to get what I want and live the life that I want to live it is the discerning wisdom of the father in realizing, in realizing two things, realizing two things, that at that time, at that moment, before he released the inheritance to his son, he had to release his son into the hands of God because he realized, I am going to do something that could really jeopardize my son's future, but he is bugging me about it. He really wants to do this, so I'm going to allow him to spread his wings, even though it's prematurely, even though he may bump 
his hand. Even though he may hit rock bottom, God, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm putting my son into your hands. Some father needs to hear that right now. You have been going back and forth over your child. You have been stressing yourself. You have not slept. You have not ate. You're constantly worried. You're going back and forth trying to figure out what you need to do. Let me help you real quick so that you can be able to sleep well tonight on Father's Day. Release that child. Release your children into the hands of Almighty God. And say, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do, but I trust you. God, I don't know how this is going to all pan out for them, but I trust you. God, I don't know how you're going to receive the glory out of this, but I trust you, God. I know this is not a wise thing for me to do, but God, I trust you with my child. And when he released him into the hands of God, he didn't argue with his son. Because the worst thing you can do is argue with a fool. <laughs> Because when you argue with the fool, you have now just lowered your standards in being a fool right with them because you're going back and forth with them. One fool can entertain another fool. So there was no point in him in going back and forth with his son, arguing over the inheritance. The Bible says he gave him the inheritance. The boy left, 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 left to go and do his own thing, left to go and live the life that he thought that he was ready to live, left to say, hey, forget what you have taught me, forget the heritages, forget the values that you have taught me, I'm throwing it all out the window because I want to live my life right now. Uh -huh. Lo and behold, he goes out there uh -huh. and he realized that life for him was better in daddy's house. <laughs> He realized, he realized that what he had complained about, what he had whined about, what he had, what he had neglected and had no appreciation for. He realized the value of all of this. So the Bible says he goes out there, goes out there, and he, and he wasted all of his inheritance. Now the Bible does not give us a number amount, but let me just, let me just use my sanctified imagination real quick and just say that his daddy left him, left him, not just him and his brother, but he left this son, he left this son, a, 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 he left this son uh, 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 1.5 million dollars. Let's say that's what it was. 1.5 million dollars. He goes out there and he has wasted every dime of it. Ryan's just living. He's just living any old kind of way. I mean, he go, he shows up at the club, and everybody gets excited when he shows up because they know the drinks is on him. I mean, they are excited when he gets there. He, he wastes every bit of the money he has. Nothing to show for. Now he's broke. No friends around. Now he's broke. Ain't no ladies around. Right. Now he's broke. There is no one to be able to aid him during his time. The Bible says that now he gets to a place he's never worked a day in his life. Now he's having to go and file unemployment. <laughs> now he's having to go and file for the stimulus package because he needs some help. He needs some health care. He needs some dental. He needs some vision. He needs to be able to make it in life. He gets there and he gets hired on. Bible says... He's so hungry during this time. He's so messed up during this time. Because life for him has taken a different route. And here it is, thanks to God. Life for him has taken a different route, not because of Satan. Not because of the devil. Not because of the white man. But life has taken a different direction in his life because of his own premature.
premature yeah. and, and because of his own premature and bad decisions yeah. that he has made in his life. Here it is, Father. Please, please, please don't blame yourself off of a decision that your child made for themselves. Now, you know the whole saying that goes that, listen, you, the bed that you made, you're going to have to lie in it. And every now and then, there are some children, no matter how much wisdom, I mean, if wisdom was on a debit card, they still wouldn't use it. I mean, you can talk and talk until you're blue and green in the face, but they still made up in their minds that they're going to do what they want to do. And the best thing you can do before you lure yourself to becoming a fool is to allow them to lie in the bed that they have made, to allow them to walk in the way that they have created, because some kids will only learn by life experiences. I know, I know, you can testify and tell them how you walk back and forth from school for 10 miles with no shoes on. They won't care until they have to experience life at its best on their own. He's where he is, not because of his daddy. He's where he is, not because his mother wasn't in his life. He's where he is. Not because he was abandoned by his father. He's where he is in life because of the bad choices and decisions that he's made. Bible says, goes, he got in contact with a local farmer through a hiring agency that hired him on his farm. Now he's, 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 he's hungry during this time. You got to imagine the Bible does not tell us how long he's been away, but the Bible does say that when he left this house, he packed up all of his stuff. And that was some arrogance right there. You're going to ask me for me your inheritance right now. And then you're going to pack up your clothes, your toothbrush, your TV, and everything else that I bought and take it with you. Uh-huh. Father didn't argue with him. Okay, go ahead. Take it, take it, take it, take it. Go, go. He goes out there, squanders everything he has. Yeah. Gets hired by a local farmer. He's so hungry at the time. He's so hungry at the moment that he's willing to eat the food that pigs feast off of. He has lowered his standard of living all because of some premature desires. I got to live. I got to do it now. I got I to live right now. Daddy's holding me back. He's crowding me out. He's, he, he's crowding. I, I got to get out of here. I got to live and enjoy life. I got things to do. Come on. Goes. He's there. He's hungry. You got to be hungry. When you're at work and you're looking at what the pigs eat and get excited. <laughs> You got to be hungry that you're at the place that you are willing, you are willing, you are willing to lure your taste buds to eat and to feast off of what pigs eat. Bible says he's there. And there's nobody there. There's there's no church around to offer him a benevolence. The Bible says nobody helped him. Nobody gave him nothing. There was no unemployment for him to be able to get. There was no stimulus package for him to be able to get. Everything he had was based off of working for this local farmer. And he gets there and he's eating what the pigs eat. But then finally, verse 17 says, finally, he came to his senses. Something went off and he said this. He said, at home, even with the higher servants, having enough food to be able to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. Here I am dying of hunger. He realized, wait a minute now, why? Am I out here chilling and kicking it with the pigs when my father has a house and everything that I need is in my daddy's house? He came 
riches, but get this, fathers. He did not realize how good he had it until he got out there on his own. And it's when he got out there on his own, he began to realize, oh, God, I, I neglected the fact that daddy provided everything that I needed. I didn't have to worry about water. I didn't have to worry about gas. I didn't have to worry about my Amazon account. I didn't have to worry about water. I didn't have to worry about what I was going to eat. I didn't have to worry. I didn't even have to pick the trash out. I don't even have chores. We have servants that clean up the kitchen. We have servants that clean up the rooms. Here I am out here struggling for no reason. Here I am out here going through, going through, and up and down in my emotions for no reason, all because I made the decision to leave. Oh, that sounds real good right there. Made the decision to leave because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. But I love it. He comes to his senses. He realizes, man, I had it better. I had it. He said, I like this part, verse 17. He says, my daddy's servants are living better than me, and I'm his son. He said, my those that are employed on my father's, that's employed by my daddy, are living much better than I'm living right now. But it wasn't until he got out there on his own that he realized how good he had it at home. Fathers, let me encourage you real quick. Some of them, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you give them. There might be some of the problems. You may have been giving them too much, and they have no appreciation for what they have. But let them get on their own for a moment. Let them realize. Let them start spending their own money for a time. Let them pay their own phone bill for a little bit. Let them pay their own car insurance for a little bit. Let them pay their own Amazon account for a little bit. They will begin to realize and appreciate what you have provided mm -hmm. for them. Here it is, fathers. Even in the midst of the son's mistakes, mm -hmm. it's room that God leaves open for the father to be able to make a difference. Read, read with me. Look at verse 18. It says, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as a, as a hired servant. He already had his speech laid out. He said, listen, I'm going to get to the house. He said, oh, oh, oh. life done whooped my tail. I understand. I thank God for my daddy. Father's Day isn't even on his way yet. But I'm going to tell my father happy Father's Day because I appreciate him for everything that he's done. I can only imagine in my sanctified imagination as he's on the way back to the house, smelly, hungry, Hadn't shaved, hadn't had a haircut in a while. I mean, clothes are probably all raggedy. He's having to sleep with the pigs. They smell, they stink. He's got all that stuff going on in his life, and he's waiting, and, and he's getting his speech together as he's, on, as he's on his way to the house. Bible says, this is what blesses me in verse 20. So when he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and he kissed him. Here it is, Pastor. Here it is, fathers. Let me get out the way so that you can be able to enjoy your meal. I hope somebody got you a good meal prepared. Amen. I know Sister Swims got me a good meal prepared. Amen. And when I left this morning, praise the Lord, I could smell from the bedroom. I could smell. I could smell. I could smell. I could smell the ingredients from the pot roast coming from the crock pot. I could 
could smell the sweet potatoes that had been cooked. Praise the Lord. They're really good, too. I made them myself. Amen. I could smell the sweet potatoes. The, 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 the fragrance of the sweet potatoes from the oven on last night is still lingering in the kitchen. The greens, the collard greens with a lot of meat in it. Praise the Lord. It's waiting on me with some cornbread. Hallelujah. And something red to drink. So I can't wait to get home. And in fact, the icing on the cake, I'm going to Walmart and Kroger today with my bad self on Father's Day because there's nowhere else to be able to go. So I'm going to Walmart and I'm going to Kroger today. So he's there. He's there. He's there. He's on his way back to the house. He gets to the house. Gets to the house. Comes to the door. Father sees him. But this is what I love right here. This is what I love right here. The Bible says that while he was a long way off, his father saw him. Here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. Theologians teach us this, they teach us this, that when the son initially left, the father positioned himself to be on the lookout for the return of his son. The father realized, I know life is going to get him. I know life is going to whoop his tail. I know life is going to jack him up. But me being a father, I'm seeing this as a vehicle. I'm seeing this as a window to be able to make a difference in my child's life. Even though they're going to make a mistake, he's waiting on the, he's anticipating the rearrival of his son back home. Here it is. So when he gets there, what happens? Three things happen. The Bible shows us this. Here it is, dads, fathers. Dads make a difference in their child's life by expressing love. Here it is. 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 Now, I, 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 I got to be able to share. It's two components of this love that the father shows right here. We see it right here in verse 20. And when it says that the Bible saw, the Bible says that when he saw him, he was filled with love for his son. But we also see love. We also see love. We also see love in verse 12. That when he asked him for the inheritance, the father knew that he was not mature enough to be able to handle what he was going to give him. But he showed him tough love by releasing him and allowing him to go, knowing that life was going to tear him up. He released him. He showed tough love to him. Go out there. Here's what you wanted. I'm not going to argue with you. Take it. Go. Life gets crazy for him. He comes to his senses. He makes his way back home. But daddy was right there waiting for the opportunity to make a difference in his child's life. He says when the father saw him coming, he was filled with love. He was filled with love. This could have been the prime opportunity for the father to, as soon as he saw him at the door, have an attitude. You back, huh? I see you back. You back. I knew, but before you walk into my house and just came and did the carpet and then cleaned everything, we got this pandemic going on and then sprayed the house down. I don't know where you've been, so you're going to have to quarantine yourself for two weeks. Somebody texted me and said you was down there working with the farmer with the pigs three weeks before you come back in my house. He could have told the son, you know what? You're not welcome here. By you, by you, you caused me so much pain and agony. Yeah. Everybody in town knows what happened. Everybody knows that I've given you, given you your inheritance early. Everybody realized that that is a disgrace to ask your father to give it to you now. You're saying and not saying at the same time that you wish I was dead. I don't want to have anything else to do with you. You left. You got what you got. Now I'm cutting you off. He could have invited the son in, being real cold with him. Mm -hmm. 
gave him the silent treatment and waited for a moment to rain down on him. But the Bible says that he was so excited to see the son that he thought was lost. To see the son that he thought may have been dead. To see the son that he thought that was just going to ruin his life. Not knowing, not knowing, not knowing how long he was going to be gone. How long he was going to be out there. Can you imagine for the father for a second trying to figure out is he okay? There was no FaceTime. There was no text messaging. There was no one you could call to say, hey, check on your boy see if he's all right. The uncertainty of knowing, is my child dead or alive? Pain, the father. And so when he saw his son, he, he, could, he couldn't help but to be filled with love. He couldn't help to be filled with excitement. He couldn't help to be filled with joy. One, in thinking, God, God, you kept my son. <laughs> God, you kept my son. He could have been dead. Anything could have happened. Come on here. A, a lot of fathers now, we need to be appreciative and thank God, even with our sons that are out there doing whatever, that when you hear from them, to know that they are doing well. Because here there are strange things that are happening today. Black, young black men are being found hung on trees. And it's been labeled as suicide. I, I wasn't in my bedroom. I wasn't in the bathroom. I'm out in the wilderness. And I'm hanging. He's filled with love. Because he sees his son. Now, please, let, let me help you real quick. Because I can hear somebody saying right now, well, Pastor, no, if I show love to him, then that's going to mean that I'm in agreement with their decision and their bad behavior. No, 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 no. Please, please, please. You can love somebody and still disagree with their poor actions and behaviors. You can love somebody and not be in agreement. Your love does not validate their bad decisions or their bad choices. You love them because of who they are. You love them because they, you love them because they are a part of you. Bible says he was filled with love and this was not some hidden love he was excited can you imagine he's been waiting he's been checking the door every day he come out looking Junior coming back I don't see him I don't see him okay God I know God, I plead the blood of Jesus over him. God, I know you're going to cover him. I know you're going to protect him. Uh, I, I know people say there's power in a prayer, mother, but there's power in a prayer. Father, I can remember growing up that every morning when my father got off from work, he would be in the living room. I would look and see him come down the stairs. And before he even got down the stairs, I would hear daddy on his knees praying to God and just thanking God for bringing him home, thanking God for providing for his family, thanking God for taking care of him and his family. There was power in a praying father. Oh, God, I know there's power power in a praying mother, but there's power in a praying father because the father is going to be on the lookout waiting to see. The father is going to be ready to fight and to love at the same time because he's going to make sure that whatever goes off, that he's there to be able to protect his own. Looking for him to come back. It's filled with love. Love that wasn't hidden, but love that he intentionally expressed to his son. It was love, unconditional love, that he expressed to his son. Fathers, let me ask you a question. Could your lack of expression of love be hindering your child from coming back home? Let me help us. Let me help us. I told you earlier that me loving you does not mean that I agree with your life or your life decisions. Me loving you is me doing what I'm supposed to do because you are a part of me. You come from me. Yeah. 
And I love you because of that. Could it be that your son is terrified and coming home with his boyfriend because he doesn't know how you're going to react? Oh, Pastor, oh, this pandemic been going on too long. You done lost your mind. No, I haven't because here's the thing. I can disagree that. I, I can disagree. I can disagree with your choice of lifestyle, but I can still love you because you're my child. Could it be that your son, your daughter, they're scared to come back home because they're afraid that what's going to meet them at the door is going to be religious church language and not the love of Christ? That you're going to quote every verse of the Bible that you failed to live by yourself. You own me because if I had a child out of wedlock, daddy, this is your third wife. And none of us got the same. <laughs> help me, father, help me. Could it be that they're nervous at coming back because they fear you not out of reverence or honor, but they fear what you may do to them verbally, physically, mentally. Yeah. I'm afraid to come back because come they're going to get a long rant and history of what they've done and how they messed up. Mm -hmm. And then you may sprinkle a little Jesus on there, but no grace, no mercy, no forgiveness. But you're just going to tell me how I messed up and everything that I've done. I'm already low. I done ate with pigs. <laughs> I don't know how low you can get. Father could have done that. But he used this as a window yes. to express love yes. to his child. Let me hurry up. I smell the greens. Dads make a difference not just by expressing love to their child, but dads make a difference in their child's life by showing compassion. Look at verse 20. He says he was filled with love. And not only was he filled with love, but he was filled with compassion. He had compassion for his son. He, he felt something on the inside that when he saw his son, he saw how he looked. He saw he hadn't shaved. He hadn't ate. He hasn't taken care of himself. He hadn't had a bath. He smells. His clothes are all messed up. When he saw his son, he was filled with love, but he was overwhelmed with compassion. Because regardless of what mistakes he had made, regardless of what poor decisions he had made. That's my son. That's my child that's been out there. That's my son that could have been there. That's my son. I don't know if he's been drugged by somebody. I don't know if he's been beat up. I don't know if someone's taking advantage of him. That's my child. He could have been in harm's way, and daddy was out there to be able to protect him. He had compassion. Let me help us out, fathers, real quick. Here it is, especially when it comes to our sons. You don't have to play the macho man father to make a strong son. Oh, man, oh, man, I'm a living witness. I'm so glad because the truth be told and the testimony is right. I cried a lot as a little kid. Yes, I did. I, I'm not proud of it, but I cried all of the time. In fact, I cried every Sunday morning at Faith Deliverance Church Baptist on 15th Street in Chicago where the late Reverend Dr. T.A. Clark Jr. was the pastor. In fact, I cried every Sunday to the point that Reverend Clark would not start preaching until he looked at me to see if I was crying because most Sundays I interrupted his sermons with my tears not once and my father and I we, we went down to the bathroom in the basement we had some conversations but not once did my father ever say you a boy boys don't cry toughen up 
you will punish. Not once did my father verbally abuse me because I cried. I cried at the family reunion just for no reason. I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried. I cried on the day of my baptism just for no reason. Not because I was excited about being baptized. The lady came and told me, Chip, it's time for you to go and get baptized. I cried, I cried, I cried for no reason. <laughs> but not once did daddy whoop me because I cried. Not once did daddy shame me because I cried. Not once did daddy belittle me because I cried. In those moments of crying, and daddy would call me over and he would be compassionate towards me and share with me what I needed to do better. But not once did he degrade me because I cried. Come on, fathers. Your children are looking for you to be compassionate. Your, your, your children are looking for you. They're looking for you to make the difference in their life to be compassionate. Because when you're compassionate with your son, you're helping your son to realize, hey, at, at when you become a husband, when you become a father, you're going to be, you're going to have to know how to be compassionate with your wife. Everybody ain't looking for a rough neck. They might want a little bit of a rough neck, but they might, they want somebody with some compassion and know how to share some love too, to balance that thing out. Now, if we about to get robbed, I don't need you to be compassionate. I need you to protect me. But when I need you to be compassionate and loving, you know how to be able to do that. You know how to be my warrior. You know how to be the priest of our home. Your daughters are looking for you to be compassionate so they can have some levels, they can have some level of a standard to be able to use and not just get some joker that comes up to them and tell them they find and they think. But they will look they will look for the same attributes that their father expressed openly to them. And the person that they date, and the person they will call their husband. Carrie and Kenny got no excuse of bringing somebody to the house that ain't like that. That he ain't got to be a preacher. They'd be great if he is, praise the Lord, but they ain't got to be a preacher. But they don't have no excuse in the world just to bring anybody home. Because they do, I'm going to invite them to have a seat in my office. Hey, man, I'm going to go pull them to the side. Hey, what are you, hey, what's going on? Talk to me. What, what, what did I do, huh? Your kids are looking for you to show compassion, to show love, to make the difference in their life when it comes to love and compassion. Here he is. We're almost to the gate. Dads not only make a difference in their child's life by, by expressing love and showing compassion, but look here, dads make a difference in their child's life by showing affection. Look at what the word says. I'm not, I'm not telling you nothing that's different from the word of God. It's right here. He says, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. This father is so excited. This father is so overjoyed. I told you all, he's there having a testimony service all by himself. He's excited that the Lord has heard his prayer and kept his child safe from danger seen and unseen. While he was out there doing what he wanted to do, that he was big, big and bad enough to be able to do, God spared his life and watched over him and protected him and kept him and brought him back home. So the father is excited that God has kept his promise and brought my child back home so I'm filled with love I'm filled with uh, I, I'm filled with love I'm filled with compassion and he expresses his affection to his son he wasn't trying to dap him <laughs> he wasn't trying to give him the elbow no he hugged him 
He embraced them. And he kissed them. Here it is, fathers. We got to. We got to teach our sons. We, we, we have to teach our sons by, 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 by demonstrating to our sons that two men can be able to hug and not be no funny business. We, 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 get, we, gotta, we gotta be able to do this. We gotta be able to do this with our sons to teach them how to embrace. It doesn't matter how old I get. It does not matter what the Lord allows me to be able to achieve or accomplish. But whenever I see Willie Earl Swims, I'm hugging him and I'm kissing him on his head. Been doing it for a long time. I'm gonna continue to do it. Because that's my daddy. That's my father. And he's taught me. He's shown me by example of being affectionate, of embracing, and still being a man. Our sons need to know. They need to be taught how men are to embrace. We need to teach this value to our son so that when they get a girlfriend, when they get a wife, they will know how to treat her. When they become fathers, they will know how to repeat the cycle of what you did for them and demonstrate it to them. He embraced his son and kissed him. Man, I can only imagine. I can only imagine being there. I can only imagine being there and seeing it. Oh, my goodness, the son has come back home. And I love it. I love it. I love it that when the son comes in, he does not start the conversation off. Well, before you come in the house, we got to talk. Before you go to your room, you got to talk. Before I give you back the keys to the car, we got to talk. Before I give you your debit card back, we got to talk. He embraced his son and loved on him despite what he had did. Despite what was going on. Despite what was happening. He loved on his son. He loved on his son. He loved on his son. He he expressed that to his son. Because in him hugging his son, in him loving his son, in him showing compassion towards his son, he's letting his son know everything you have done up until now has been forgiven. Everything you've done is over with. It's done. It's over with. Here it is, fathers. Here's the lesson. Fathers must intentionally look to make a difference in their child's life. Get this, no matter the circumstances. No matter what they've done. No, 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 no. No matter what they become. No, 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 no. No, no, no matter. It cannot be conditional. The difference that you make in their life has to be because that's my son. That's my daughter. They are a part of me. And I love them. No matter what. Fathers, your children are waiting for you to make a difference in their life. I'm talking to, I'm probably talking to a father right now. You, you, you go back and forth with your child's mother. A lot of pain and agony within the relationship. And the sad part of it is that the children have not benefited from it. And so because of the strain in your relationship with the mother, it's cut ties with the father mom I know I know I know I, I don't know what they did I don't know I don't know I, I, I would even try to go down that route but please hear me when I say this yes. if they're trying if they if they have if, if their life has taken a turn in the right direction and they've been consistent it, this thing has to be earned because again I don't know what they may have done I don't know what they may have said I don't, I don't know how long they have not been there 
But if they have taken a turn in a new direction and they're trying, I need you to pray and ask God for wisdom on what to do. If they're looking to be a part and involved in their life, they need their daddy. I know you are bad. You're a strong woman. But they need their mama and their daddy. You've been carrying the load on your own for so long. But if he wants to be involved, if, he, if, he's, if he's showing you that he's serious, let him. Let him. I know, I know. I talked about the stone a few weeks ago. I know, I know. The, to, to, to sit down, to talk to them, but me, I'm going to, have to, I'm going to have to remove the stone and, and endure their pain all over again. Us talking about what wouldn't happen. Us talking about what happened, what didn't happen. But they need, they need the daddy. If they're trying, please hear me, please hear me. If they're trying, I need you to pray, pray to God and to hear God on what that looks like. Them being a part of the child's life. Fathers, I need you to fight to be involved in your kid's life. Don't let the testimony be. Well, your mama wouldn't let me, your mama. No. Let it be a fault. I looked for a window of opportunity. I, I watched you when you walked into school. You didn't know I was there, but I watched you. I know who your best friends are on the playground because I would just come and look at you. The random lunches you got at school, it wasn't your mama, it, it was me. I didn't say it was me, but I, it was me. I need you to fight because your kids need you. And to every father that you've been doing it, man, you've been doing it, you have been You've been expressing love. You've been showing compassion. You've been showing affection. And you feel like it's been all for nothing. Let me, let, let me encourage your heart. I applaud you. I honor you today, Father. I know, I know on this day, it's, 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 it leaves a sour taste in some people's mouths. And, you know, you have moms stepping up and they're trying to take credit for Father's Day, too. And you got people bashing and don't want to acknowledge the day because of all deadbeat dads. But I'm so glad that I can name about 20 plus fathers that are doing the darn thing. And they're doing it well. So I applaud you today for doing what you're supposed to do. Every now and then, Sister Swim, she'll thank me. Thank you, man, for just being a great father. I said, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be present in my daughter's life. I'm supposed to be here. The changing diapers is not just for her. No, I'm changing diapers too. I'm their daddy. So thank you for being super dad to your kids. And I even, I even taken up a notch for those fathers that have stepped into where you merged families and you've taken on the responsibility of fathering another man's kids. Thank you. Because you didn't have to do it. You could make a difference, but you don't. <laughs> you call them their, that they're your own, and they believe <laughs> that, they're your, that they're yours. So thank you for doing it. Pastor, how do I apply this to my life as a father? How do I apply this 
to my life as a father to be. Here it is. Here's the action plan. Commit to making a well-rounded difference in your child's life. Pastor, what do you mean by well-rounded? Commit to making a spiritual difference in your child's life. You are your child's first pastor. Not whoever baptized them, not whatever whatever local church you're all a part of. That's great, that's fine, but you are your child's first pastor. They should learn the story of Noah from their daddy. They should know the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept from their daddy. They should know about prayer from you teaching it and modeling that before them. You should teach your children financial responsibility. Even at a young age, here's your allowance. But here's what you need to do with your allowance. You want that new video game? Okay, here's your allowance a month. How much do you have to save in order to get that? Teaching them, say, hey, listen, listen, listen. I, I know you're only about seven years old, and you got some time before you go to college, but hey, but here's the game plan. If you don't get a scholarship to a university, you're going to a community college, sir, ma'am. Yeah. If mama and daddy got anything to do with it, you're going to a community college, and you're going to get a great education. They need you to be involved in their lives and make a difference emotionally. We need our children to be emotionally stable. They need you to be emotionally involved. I'll never forget. I used to, <laughs> I used to eat sugar out the bag with a spoon and just have a field day. So needless to say, I stayed in the dentist's office. So one particular night, that pain from that last round of sugar hit the nerve in my tooth and I jumped up out the bed, I ran downstairs, I'm screaming, I'm crying, all I wanted was my father, daddy jumped up out the bed, I jumped in his lap, and daddy rocked me, patted me on my back, now I I would like to say that daddy had healing hands and the pain left, but it didn't, but the pain became more bearable, because I was in my daddy's lap. I was safe in his hands. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. He was rocking me back and forth and just saying, shh, Chip, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Children need their fathers to help them in their emotions. You need to commit to being Invested in your child to have a well-rounded life. There's so many other components of it. Don't have enough time to do it. But they need you. They need you. I know you work in overtime. You work in two or three jobs. They don't want for nothing. But let me tell you something. They will lack because of your presence. They need you there. More than your money, they need your presence. They need both, but they need your presence. They need you there, they need you engaged, and they need you involved. Every accomplishment I've had in life, 
Willie E. Swims from North Carroll to Mississippi has been in, every, been in everything. Every graduation, in my nine years of pastoring, he's probably only missed one anniversary. And I was heartbroken. I just knew they was going to surprise me, just pop up. But service ended, and they still weren't here, so I guess they really weren't coming. But he's been there. Rooting me on. Encouraging, pushing me to go farther. His goal in life, son, I want you to go farther than I have. I want you to accomplish more than I have. He's made a commitment to a well-rounded life for his children. Now that has extended to grandchildren. Now has extended to great-grandchildren. That he's pushing to go farther than him. Make the commitment. It's going to cost you. You may have some tears at night. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you something. It may cost you a little. It may cost you a lot, but it's going to cost you. But the legacy you leave behind, my God, will be worth it all. The spiritual legacy, the financial legacy, the emotional legacy will be worth it all. Let me pray for you and encourage you. Father, in the name of Jesus. In fact, I want every father to touch the screen. Make some point of contact with me right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every father that is watching right now. I thank you for the fathers of the well, God. We have some amazing fathers here at Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church, Father. And so, God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will encourage every father, encourage every dad, encourage every grandfather, every uncle, every stepdad, every playdad, every mentor, every spiritual father. I, I pray that you would encourage our hearts right now to let them know that, they're in, that their investment has not been a waste of time, God, but let them know that the legacy that they are sowing, the legacy, the seeds that they are sowing will lead to a legacy that will outlive them. Pray for that father that's frustrated with the child that's just not, they're not getting together. They keep making the same decisions over and over again. And the father wants to give up. Don't give up on your son. Don't you give up on your child. You keep pleading the blood of Jesus and you keep praying for them until God does it. Don't you stop believing. You keep seeing the best in them. You keep believing the best in them. You keep holding on to God's unchanging hand. My father would tell me, you keep looking up. You claim the promise of God over your children. When you pray, begin to say, when you begin to pray for them, begin to call out what you see. Begin to call out what they will be. And what they won't be. Cover them. Yes, God. Your nieces, your nephews, cover them. Your grandchildren, cover them. No one soldier, I'm proud of you. Thank you, man of God. Thank you for being an amazing father. Thank you for being an amazing provider. Thank you for being there. Thank you for coaching the sports team. Thank you for going to the track meets. Thank you for being there. Thank you for not allowing nothing to stop you from being a from making a difference in your child's life. Thank you for loving them when they were at their worst. Thank you for showing compassion when it should have been rage. Thank you for embracing them when you should have gave them a cold shoulder. 
Father, I put every father into your hands. And I pray that you will empower them and use them to do great things. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen, and amen.